1: Oh my God, the 2021 Saints Injury Apocalypse is upon us. And there is only one thing that can help you get through it. That is the Saints Happy Hour Survival Mug. That's right. It makes any alcohol you pour in it to help you survive the Saints Injury Apocalypse taste 75% better. It's science. How do you get the Saints Season Survival Mug? You become a Saints Happy Hour annual subscriber. You get the mug for free And you get two months off. You get access to this podcast every day. You get access to our Discord channel, which we talk Saints 24-7. It's amazing. You should do it. Get the Saints Happy Hour survival mug to help you through the rest of the 2021 Saints season. And you're going to need it for the offseason. You're going to need it for the draft. So do it. Go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. the Spotify Green Room app and join us every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. We'll see you there.
2: This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has
0: to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right.
2: Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. If it's that time of week where we talk to Andrew about his player grades, by the way, this one is free on Patreon and on the podcast feed, wherever you get your podcast. become a $10 patron. So you can get Andrew's grades. He grades every player every week. Get access to everything we do. Get the Discord channel. It's amazing. You should do it. And you can get the Saints Survivor survival mug uh, for the rest of the year and the off season. Do it. Support the show. If you listen and you haven't supported the show and you just listened to the free version, support the show. Try us out for a month. I guarantee you, you'll stay. You'll love. You'll get in the Discord. You'll meet people. It'll be amazing. Do it. Andrew Kevin said this on the big show earlier in the week, which you couldn't attend, but and I think it's at 100% accurate. He said, Sunday night will be the gold standard by which we measure any other Saints' defensive performance, and it will live forever. And that's where I want to start. This defensive performance. It was basically perfect. And you know how I know it was perfect? Because when the Saints kicked the field goal to go up 9 nothing with however many five or whatever minutes left in the game, I was like, that's a wrap. Like, Tampa's not scoring twice. Like, it was, it was perfect defense from start to finish.
0: Yeah, I, I made the statement that it was the greatest performance, defensive performance in Saints history. And I, I don't throw a statement out like that lightly you know I'm not one to sensationalize it's like when I say that I mean it and I really I've been a fan as you know Ralph we both Mm -hmm. have been fans for a really long time and I've watched some might say obsessively the Saints (laughs) and I remember a lot of games and there is nothing that comes to mind that even comes close to this And, and you mentioned the Dickerson game against the Rams in the 80s but like I mean, I, I don't know that the Dome Patrol ever played this good. And the I Dome mean, this, Patrol, uh, th- the they Dome were Patrol insane.
1: Draw, the, the Dome Patrol had, I think in 1991, they had like a six-week stretch where they didn't allow a touchdown. And it was amazing. But yeah, here's the thing. That. Like, like th- those games they played, like you look at the quarterbacks, it's like Chris Chandler for Tampa. Wade Wilson for the Vikings, like, like this would be the equivalent of the dome, the dome patrol going to San Francisco and shutting out Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, like, yeah, because this is what you have. You have the greatest quarterback of all time, and I don't care that their weapons got injured. Tough shit, Tampa. They didn't score a damn point. They didn't have run a play. Well, I, they didn't come close. They didn't have a first and goal. They didn't come close to scoring a touchdown. Yeah, they missed a field goal. Well, so you no, a break. Oh, no,
0: they, they missed a field goal, but the, they're. Brady's fumble was inside the Saints 20.
1: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, where do you start? I think you start with the defensive line, Andrew. It was ferocious. I see your grades on defense. You had an A+. Plus. You had an A-. Minus. A- plus for Cam. He was your player of the game. You had an A- minus for Davenport. You had an A for Onyemata. Like, give me three more weeks of this pass rush, please. Like, because that yeah, it's un- it's
0: unfortunate. Cam just had a COVID, and you know, Davenport's missed a lot of the season, and Onyemata was suspended. So like, we never really got to watch those three operate together this season. And I mean, it may it happened for the first time a few weeks ago, uh, but it- it's just taken some time. But it's really like you start to see. I, I feel like Davenport has been this way all season. R- really, in every game, he he is. He plays like this. What's been weird is Cam and Onyemata, who I feel like have been grossly disappointing this season. Um, this, this, what I saw in that game was what I pictured being a possibility all season. Right before we knew Onyemata was going to be suspended and all of that, this this was like the best case scenario of what I pictured this defensive line being this year, and it mm-hmm. just never really happened. So, yeah, it's it's really strange that Cam Jordan would come back from COVID and basically have this peak level again. It's, it's just really strange and, how it all came together in this game. And
1: here's, here's the thing that I, I mentioned on the big show, but we can dive into it on the grades. Like it, Look, a great game is a great game, and if he was playing a turnstile against the Bucks, we wouldn't care. But he was doing that against Tristan Wirfs I think that's how you say his name for Tampa. Yeah. He is acknowledged a top five, maybe top three, offensive tackle in the NFL. And Cam was destroying him.
0: Yeah, I think they said on the broadcast that Worse had given up one pressure all season, not one sack, one pressure. And Cam got two sacks on him. So, yeah, again, I'm I'm stunned. I, like I I don't know how that happens. It's just. <laughs> And and it's weird because like we've seen Cam do that his whole career, so like in that sense it's normal. But he's really been—I don't want to say poor—but if if you're judging him against his standard, I would say the last two years have been disappointing for him. Yeah. And and yeah, like I—it's I, I, almost unexpected at this point. Like they, yeah. they kind of the pass rush was so good it kind of caught me by surprise.
2: The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
1: It was good. It was it was just the Saints being like, "We're rushing 4 and Tampa, you can you can't block you can't block our 4 with your 5." And the Saints yeah, they did some interesting stuff. It looked like they moved some people around, maybe, but like it was mostly just here comes Tampa, and you can't block it. And Andrew, you had five defensive linemen with at least a B grade. I mean, Shai Tuttle had a B minus, Granderson had a B, and to get that's just that's the kind of production that they're going to need to carry them through the rest of the season. We'll get to the offense in a, in in a little bit. Um, what else did you see from the defense? That in the secondary, because I, I see another Lattimore A minus, Chauncey Gardner Johnson A plus, uh, Adibo B minus. Like, what else did you see in the secondary that was amazing?
0: Yeah, I, well, I, with, I feel like I have to admit that I'm hard on Chauncey Gardner Johnson and that I am, have been critical of him. And you know, the reason I'm not crazy about him as a player is I think he gambles too much, he's unsound tackling uh he, he's not a great cover guy where he, you know, he will get beat so and, and this season in particular hasn't been that great for him so I, i've been outspoken about that and I, I i've i've even gone as far as say like i think he's the most overrated player on on the roster I, i've said those things uh i wouldn't be saying those things if he played like that every week i'll tell you that i mean he, he was insane in this game and i gave him an a plus and you know i, I may have my bias against him just because. I, I, I just don't love him as a player, Uh, but I would love him as a player if he played like that every Sunday, you know, and he certainly backed up his trash talking. So, uh, I I mean, there, there's reasons to like him, even with with the stuff that I mentioned, you know, there's still a lot that he brings. To well,
1: the table. I feel like part of his but, season this year, part of his struggles is he wasn't healthy.
0: Like, maybe so, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe his movement was limited or something, but... I I thought he was incredible. I thought he tackled well. I, I mm-hmm. thought his coverage was excellent. Like kind of the things that I bang him for sometimes, I think were on point in this game. And so I, I thought his play was tremendous. There's something about Tampa and that brings out the best in this defense. It's wild. Um, mm-hmm. and, and certainly you take away Godwin and you take away Evans, and you take away Fournette. Um, I, I don't want to minimize it. Like I, I don't feel sorry for them in the sense that, you know, look, the Saints are missing plenty of guys. And I found it, especially rich that people were complaining, including Brady were complaining about the hit that PJ Williams put on Godwin because first of all, you can't hit him high. So now everyone's hitting him low. You can't blame the defender. Like that's those those are the rules. It's a clean hit per the rules. So like he's just following the rules, making sure he doesn't hit the guy in the helmet and yeah, he tears his ACL. It's unfortunate. Like you feel bad for Godwin, but like my, my thing is, if you're going to criticize PJ Williams and and like as a fan, like a lot of fans on Twitter are getting mad about that, it's like Devin White had an illegal play where he horse collared Jameis Winston. He got flagged for 15 yards for doing it, and he tore his ACL. So just like. Maybe have some consideration for the dirty play that your guys are making if you're going to come at us for that. So I I, I found that exceptionally. I don't know if you guys talked about that on the
1: show. We did. We did. Tampa fans are just the most Tampa fans are the most whiny. You know, Tampa knows that they are the redheaded stepchild of the South. They don't have their own rival. Everyone ignores them. And they're only relevant as long as Brady is there. And it makes them mad. Like, I tweeted out that the Saints and them aren't a rival. The Falcons are a rival, Tampa. And the tweet, I think it has like three or 4,000 likes and just a ton of activity. The Tampa fans were saying, We're going to get, we're going to, I bookmarked this. I'm going to remember this. I'm going to come at you Sunday and then you can talk about it. I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not like Tampa, you are not anyone's rival in the South. Atlanta and the Saints, we hate each other. Carolina and Atlanta, they hate each other. And you're just left out. And that's just the way it is. And the Saints always beat your ass. Like, the Saints. Tampa, the Saints have the best record against any team. Is they're thirty nine and twenty two lifetime against Tampa. Like as That's soon wild. as they made the South, the Saints have been kicking Tampa's ass in the South the entirety of the NFC South's existence. <laughs> you know, and it would be uh, the only Tampa thing they have over the Saints is a is it. a playoff win. That's it. And it's big. Uh, and It's a playoff win. But
0: you need to you need to, Thomas to clip the soundbite and just start. Pummeling Tampa media with this Tampa fans, <laughs> just at them and send this to them. that would be great, but yeah, the Saints do own Tampa uh, but yeah i I feel like this defense always plays at the highest level um against and, and part of its matchups, but just like it leaves you scratching your head a little bit when you look at some of these receivers that have had terrific games against Lattimore. and you're just like well here's. A- and Lattimore played great in this game. And it's just like, what the hell happened? Against well, the Gi- uh, Giants, right? Like, yeah. uh, who, who was the receiver that killed them in that game? Um,
1: uh, was I the, forget. It was the, the 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 kid from Florida.
0: Yeah, Tony. Tony, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, how? how like, I, I, it, it's, it leaves you scratching your head, man. It's, well, it's really weird. And and look, a Godwin has had good games against the Saints. So, like, it, obviously, that would have made a big difference. You know what's interesting is you take away the weapons and Tom Brady looked a whole lot like his last year in New England
1: yeah. in that game. Tom Brady Tom Brady I, I, we, we, we 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 Tom Brady give him full credit. He looked around and he was like, "Where's the best situation for me?" And he's like, "It's Tampa. They have all these weapons. They need a quarterback. It's on the east coast. I can be close to my Stay close to my family. Like, he picked the perfect situation. But you take away his weapons and you hit him. If you hit Tom Brady just a little, he turns into a 45-year-old quarterback because that's what he is. And the Saints can do it. They have the personnel, but also they just believe it. Like, other teams, I don't necessarily they fear Tom Brady. The Saints are like, we're going to do this plan, and it is going to work. I mean, because you can imagine it. Dennis Allen, in the meeting during the week, he's like, guys we own Tom Brady. We you know what to do. Go out and do it. And I think it's a cliche, but belief it matters.
0: Totally. I mean that's in all things sports, uh, you know, com- confidence is is huge. It's huge and I I think they just know exactly how to play against that mm-hmm. that team and and they know what to do and the game plan is simple and easy to execute for them. So yeah, it's like, look, like sports is all about matchups, though. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you see it in tennis, for example. Like, one guy, like, owns another guy and can't ever beat him. But then when he plays someone else, it was like for a long time with Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, it was like this where Federer couldn't beat Nadal, Nadal would lose to Djokovic, and then Federer beat Djokovic with ease. And that, that, those three, like, that, those three, that was the dynamic for a while. So, yeah, it's, it's weird, man.
1: Here's the thing, last thing on the defense, and then we'll get to the offense, which who? the offense. They didn't uh, you mentioned the inconsistencies of the defense, and I'm gonna tell tell it like it is. It played Tampa the first week on Halloween, and they played amazing, and it was a closer, you know, they they turned over Tom Brady, they had the pick six, they played just as good the same the offense scored more, so it was it's a different kind of game. Yeah. But they won the neck the very next week. They played the Falcons, and they got burned to the ground by the Falcons. And that's really the Falcons' last good offensive performance kind of of the year. And if they want to make the playoffs, they got three more weeks. Like, this defense, they can't be up and down. One, they can't be up and down just because it makes winning games harder. Two, the Saints' offense Ain't good enough if the Saints defense is like, oh, we're just going to be a D plus today and you're going to give up 27 to Miami. Good luck, guys. Like that ain't going to do it like this defense. The defense has to lead the charge the last three weeks. So, Andrew, Sean Payton, I don't know what kind of kind of motivational tool he'll use this week, but I hope it's a good one because this defense has got to stay on point and not maybe as great as Tampa. But they still got to deliver B plus A minus games these last
0: three weeks. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's this team cannot win unless they play at, I'm not going to say this level because I'd like to believe that the offense is going to be able to produce more than nine points in games. So, yeah, I mean, that goes both ways. Like, the offense can't play like this again and expect to win a game. They they just can't. So, it, it was great that they pulled it off. In, in some ways, it reminded me a little bit of that game against Dallas when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback and the Saints won it that did. game 12, 12 yeah, to ten without, good, without a scoring a touchdown but uh it, it's you know it's one of those things where I just am surprised that it, it's like it's not being talked about more I, I and I think part of it's too just like we want to revel in in the ridiculousness of that win, but yeah. th- th- this offense was positive positively awful and so I feel like look we can't expect the defense to play a game like that again they, I mean pitching a shutout yeah. is super rare if they can hold a team under 20 points I think in general you feel like you have a decent shot offensively like they got to put the ball in the end zone at least a couple times
1: well and the thing yeah, they have to the offense Marquez Callaway was the player of the game he six catches for 112 yards give him credit look When he had a chance to make a play, he made it. And one of the throws on there was a beautiful throw by Taysom. So that's what we said all week. We're like, just when there's those three, four, five chances, when you have a chance to make a play, Taysom's got to do it. The receiver's got to help him. And they did it just enough. Um, But Andrew, I mean, this offense, and I don't blame Carmichael for doing it at all. But they ran 31 times for 61 yards. Like, they basically were just in the second half, and especially the fourth quarter, they were just like, the offense, we are not going to score, but we are also not going to screw this up for the defense. And if it means run, 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 punt, fine. Yeah. It was, it was just stunning to watch. I can't remember the last time the Saints ran the ball 31 times for 61 yards. I mean, yeah, that's, that that's is unreal. that is commitment to uh, running into a brick wall, the likes of which I can't remember ever seeing.
0: Well, the frustrating thing is if, if – and it's not, it's not like they were stuffing the run without really trying, right? Like they were stuffing the box. So yeah. normally, like with the looks that the Saints were getting – those are looks where you're like, man, we can hit some plays. And they did. They did. They hit they hit Callaway deep a couple times. But it's just – it's like when you're getting that favorable of a passing look, you've got to be able to perform better than that. And, and it's just uh, – and, and it's just like it goes back to the finger thing. you know, And I, I just think all these guys, all these teams, the Saints are facing moving forward, they're going to give them seven- and eight-man boxes, and they're going to dare taste some hill to say – I don't believe they're going to say, I don't believe your finger is healed enough and feels good enough that you can make throws down the field. I'm I'm daring you to throw it deep and I'm daring you to try to beat our secondary. And that's how you have to play the saints. And I just hope that he can connect more consistently on some of these throws. Uh, And and that that's probably the part that has me the most pessimistic is that teams are going to commit to stopping the run against the saints. Now They, they watched Tampa do that to great effect now I don't know that some of these teams are going to face Atlanta and and Miami in particular are, are terrible defenses, so I I don't know that they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage the way Tampa can. So I think the Saints will be more successful running against those teams, but but man, like they're daring the Saints to throw on them.
1: Yeah, well, Miami's defense—they've won six in a row, but they the only quarterback worth a damn they played was Lamar Jackson, and yeah. Um, the rest of their the rest of that schedule is they're atrocious, and I give them credit—they won six in a row. Um, the, yeah, thing I that mean, the, the first- other the
0: other thing is just with preparation, I'm a little worried about you know Sean Payton still has COVID—he's not back yet, so I guess he'll be virtual or whatever. But you know, it's gonna be tough to plan uh, yeah. without him in the building. So you know that's gonna affect the, the Sean Payton being out thing is gonna affect the preparation for this week too.
1: Yeah. And and last week, the it, last week, it probably didn't really affect the preparation because he worked from home one day. He went in the building and he, he wasn't out until what Friday. So, yeah. um, but, but they did it. They, they did it last year. Well, it was virtual. Even when people didn't have COVID. So I think it okay.
0: that's the other thing is like, you wonder if how much the offense was hampered by Sean Payton, not being around.
2: Yeah. Could it,
0: it have, I, 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 I mean, I'm just curious, like, would the offense have been better if Sean was on the sideline?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, I think it probably would have been pretty close to the same because I feel like, you know, we, we talk about Sean, you know, Sean, he gets cute and all that. I think it would have been pretty, pretty similar. Like, the Saints, I mean, Taysom had the one bad throw that should have been an interception. The rest of the time, though, he didn't put the ball at risk. The most frustrating thing to me about Taysom Hill's performance against Tampa was Tampa is a great, very good defense. And there were like three throws involving Alvin Kamara where they, they aren't hard. It's like a little angle route, and It's just, just put the ball there. It's like, a, it's like a six yard air throw. You just have to put the ball there and it's a 15, 20 yard gain. And that to me was <laughs> At the mm. most frustrating thing about his performance, because if if he hits if he hits two of those three, Andrew, he's fifteen of twenty seven. He's probably got two hundred yards, and the Saints would have had another scoring opportunity. Like, I'm not asking him to be even a passable quarterback. It's just like, dude, these easy throws you gotta you gotta make them. Like they're not like they're not like. I would say 20-plus quarterbacks in the NFL make two of those throws 99% of the time.
0: I'm with you. Yeah, his... And, you know, look, he completed 48% of his passes in that game, and I think for the year... Let me look at his... I'm going to pull up his stats right now. For the year, he is at 55% completions, and for his career, he's 64 So... You know He's down about ten, nine points uh, from his career average. So you're lying to yourself if you don't think the splint is affecting his throws. It's, it's just, you know, it's affecting his grip on the ball. And, and so it's costing him accuracy. And, and that's just a fact. And look, I, I still believe it is what it is at this point. I, I still mm-hmm. firmly believe that he's the best option, that for them to be able to win games. I think he's got to be in there. I I really do believe that he's a better option over Trevor Simeon, even with Mm his finger injury, because of what the the. It's more difficult to defend. He can create things on his own with his legs, and it's just another thing that your opponent has to prepare for. And so that that's why I think he should remain even with the finger. But I really think that injury is costing him accuracy, and that's part of why. I just think this offense is going to be limited in terms of what it can do.
1: Yeah. The offensive line held up good. I thought for the most part, I mean, they, they lack, they lack power in Tampa's defensive line. They have Vita Vey and Shaq bear. I mean, they have, they have dudes and it's just the saints offensive line at full strength could move them, I think, but, with what they have, just to to not to make it not be a disaster was great. And also, the, the Saints never trailed, so they were never in a pat They were never in a we have to throw situation. It was always, oh, it's third and eleven. All right, we'll punt. Whatever, you know. Um, yeah. The thing is, can Marquez Callaway can he build on this? I'm not he, six for 100. That's the first time the Saints had a 100 yard receiver all year. I'm not saying can he replicate that the last three weeks but can he be five for 75 can he get can he give me andrew can he give me 15 catches in the final three games for just under 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns do you do you see real progress from him because you you had said in the grades podcast previously he's kind of stunned. he's kind of not he's kind of not moving along
0: yeah well, this was encouraging, um, and I think my answer to your question is yes. But here's the deal with Callaway: he's getting more favorable looks because of the reality, and 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 this is a blessing and a curse in some ways. Uh, but first of all, I have to say this is the Callaway we were ex- expecting all season. When we remember in preseason, we yes, really right. thought Callaway could do this with some level of consistency. Uh, and you know, Callaway's been bitterly disappointing this year, uh, but. You know, besides getting in the end zone, I think he has six touchdowns this year. But besides that, he really hasn't done much for the Saints. And we were kind of thinking he could be a five-catch, 77-yard receiver every week, Mm -hmm. you know, based on how the preseason was looking. So, it was nice to see him finally come around. Uh, But uh, the blessing and the curse is the Miami game. Because you watched Kamara put up 100 yards rushing. You watched – sorry, not the Miami game, uh, the Jets game. Uh, You watched – Kamara run for a hundred yards. You watched Taysom do his thing with his legs and you watch that tape and the saints are pretty terrifying on the ground. You're like, what? this mm-hmm. team can move the chains and they can, they can score and they, they can get yards running the football. And so that was Tampa's plan is we got to shut that down. We can't mm-hmm. allow Taysom and Kamara to beat us with their legs. And so what that creates again is more favorable looks down the field, and twice they were able to hit Call- Callaway on deep balls. And you know the Saints have gotten favorable looks this year. It's just Kenny Stills and Kevin White have been dropping <laughs> all those balls all season. Right. You know, and and the tight ends have been dropping the balls. I mean, my God, the tight end group is just it's an atro- it's such it's an atrocity. I mean, and and in this game, you had Vinette drop a ball, Troutman drop a ball. Both of those drops were terrible. And I mean, taste some stats would have looked way better if those two balls mm-hmm. were caught um and you know there was a near interception in montgomery but but my point is like those plays are there and this offense like just hasn't really hit them all season and callaway is going to get favorable looks because of how the defenses are playing the saints right now and i'm not sure that when you know when when simeon was the quarterback and when camara was out and tony jones was in there or whatever I'm not sure teams were like, yeah, we got to stack the box against this team and give them a favorable passing look. You know, Let's just play straight up because we can stop the run with six guys and we can put five guys in coverage and we can cover no problem. So I, I think that was the reality when that was the Saints offense, whereas now they're seeing more crowded boxes, which I think opens things up for Callaway. So Callaway, Traquan Smith, Yes, I, I think they're going to have opportunities to catch five, six balls in these games, uh, and they just have to step up and actually make those plays.
1: And remember, listen, just there's a, there's a, there's, you know, I've said it the last couple of weeks, and I said it going into the Jets game. is like, there's a sense by fans that like, a def, any defense can just stop the run by stacking the box. It's like, well, you stack the box and then the, then the team can't run. That ain't the case at all. Like the Jets, they knew what was coming. They knew what they needed to do, and they had no way of stopping it. I'll give you another example. New England is playing the Colts Saturday night, and it's a huge third down at the end of the game, and New England has to get the ball back. Carson Wentz had thrown the ball 12 times all game. Everyone in the freaking stadium knew Jonathan Taylor was getting the ball, and they stacked the box. And he made two dudes for Patriots miss and he took it to the house and wrapped up the game. Like, so the saints get the two tackles back or even one of them. I mean, they could, you know, there's no reason why the saints can't facilitate a running game to better than what they got against Tampa. And remember, I agree. I'll give you, I'll give you another example, Andrew. When the saints went to the Eagles, we were like, the Eagles are going to fucking run the ball. They did it to us. They did it to the saints last year. We know they want to run the ball with Hurts. We're the number one rush defense. We know what's coming this time. It'll be better. And it wasn't. So like, I still think like there's a chance that the saints, like even though teams know what's coming, the saints will jam it down their throat. But, but we'll see, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just think there has to be enough wrinkles. Uh, I, I thought actually in this game that the zone read stuff was pretty effective. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that was one of the few things that worked offensively was when they would do the zone read and Taysom would bounce it outside. And that's where as the edge defender, you got to make a quick decision, whether you crash and, and chase the ball carrier or, or the running back, sorry, or if you, uh, you know, kind of stay contained and then if he does hand the ball off, that creates a crease up mm-hmm. the middle for the runner. So, you know, that that's a tough that's a really tough thing to defend and stay disciplined with. And I, I thought the Saints executed that pretty well. And Taysom's actually struggled with the RPO stuff in the past. Um or or sorry, the uh the Wildcat, the, the zone read stuff. Mm-hmm. So he 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 hasn't been as solid with that and, and I, I thought I saw progress there. So that was impressive. You know, another play that we saw all the time with Michael Thomas that we really haven't seen much this year is that little wide receiver slant. Um, and they ran it once with Callaway, and it got him seven yards. And I, I've just been surprised we haven't seen that all year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when teams are given – and I think part of it's like these guys aren't getting much cushion, but the Saints have big receivers. I mean, little Jordan Humphrey would be a great guy to run that play with. Uh, Ty Montgomery is a powerful guy. I'd love to get the ball in his hands mm-hmm. and see him, you know, get a, catch a slant like that. So. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's like, look, the little things are going to go a long way, and our tight ends can't keep dropping passes. That, <laughs> that's that's the part that kills me because it's like, whether it's Vanette or Troutman, I don't really care. But when when you have a messed up finger and you really can't push the ball down the field, like you need your tight ends to come through. Yeah, they just I mean, have to.
1: Just, the thing that their offense is so limited that, um. They just need every opportunity they have to make a play. They need to do it because it doesn't come along. And by the way, I know analytics is all the rage with go for it um, on fourth down and this and that. But I'm here to say in my best Jim Mora 1990s vibe, bleep your analytics. The Saints need to be kicking field goals. Like they cannot give away points, Andrew. And I know it will drive people crazy. But like when they're in situations, I won't mind the field goals, and I know the temptation is taste them so good in the in the in the power. But I think the Saints they need to get any points they can get, especially early in games.
0: Yeah, completely agree. They they, ha- they have to just take whatever they can get because the cost of a drive coming up empty. To me, it's just you don't know when you're going to be in that position to score again. It's right. It, it may be a full quarter before you're back there. You know? You got to take your points when you can get them.
1: So, I, I mean, it's, it's we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm still high off of that Tampa win. It was as fun a regular season win as I've ever had as a Saints fan. Like, it really was. Like, it's, it's, I probably enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed them beating the Eagles on the road in the playoffs. Like, it was that enjoyable for me. You didn't get to say that on the big show. Final thoughts. I mean, are are you, I'm still, I'm still euphoric over this win, like three days later.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm just, I was reading a tweet about uh, the Saints secondary coach, uh, Chris Richard, or Richard, however you say that. And uh, he's talking about, Chauncey Garner Johnson's superpower, uh, which is <laughs> talking trash, but also <laughs> backing it up, and uh, he he actually compared him to Richard Sherman, which I thought, wow, that's uh, he Richard Sherman is is uh, a tremendous that's right player, and and for him to put him in that sentence is is incredible to to compare Chauncey Garner Johnson mm-hmm. to him, but you know his point was. You know, a lot of times when guys talk traction, it can become a distraction, you know, or it takes away from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the superpowers that CJ has the ability to do that. And it like ramps up his focus, it ramps up his intensity, the other guys feed off of it. And, you know, he he's like annoying, but like, not to the point where it's a distraction to what he's trying to do. And so that, that's the comparison. yeah. I'll, and I think that, that's what Richard Sherman is absolutely in at his best. That, that is a good I'll, description of him as well.
1: I'll make a comparison that I know you'll like. I used to ESPN back in the day, they don't run them anymore. They used to have, they used to have this show called sports century and they counted down like the 50 greatest athletes of the 20th century. And I don't think John McEnroe wasn't on the list, but they continued to do the show for like two or three years. And they would just do an athlete random one. And they would do like, it was just like an hour biography of them. And that's what people said about John McEnroe. I forget what tennis, it might have been uh, Bjorn Borg or another. It was a, a tennis player. I think he, he died, but he had like blonde hair and he was a U.S. Player. He had a strange name. And he said, the thing that was amazing about John McEnroe, he's the only tennis player I ever saw that the madder he got at the umpire or the referee or the fans, the more he got worked up, the better he played. And he said, I've never seen that with tennis players. Most tennis players, they get a bad call, it shakes them, they can't get they can't get like McEnroe, it like lasered in his focus and he could yell and scream at a referee and then kick your ass a game later. And Chauncey Gardner Johnson, he's the same way. It doesn't make any sense, but it's that's the way he is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you and um it's, uh, it, it's just, it, what a special performance, man. Like you it's, it, it, it's just like, oh, I, I still am like euphoric. I'm still like on cloud nine, just thinking about it. And I go back to something that, uh, Bomani Jones said on the show. He said that, yeah, I know you guys got a bad call. It actually made it better. You know, when the saints lost that playoff game, he was like, yeah, it actually, the fact that it was horrific, it was a horrifically bad call made it even better because he hates the Saints. And I, I thought that was an interesting, funny take from him. But I kind of feel like the fact that the S- Saints offense was so inept and that they failed to score a touchdown, <laughs> it, it actually like, it's, and it's really weird, Ralph, but like it makes, it makes me it feel better. even better. It makes like, it better. It feels like if we had blown the doors and, and won like 30 to nothing, that would have been fun. But it's the fact that Tom Brady had so many chances and he was right there you know and like the game was within reach every time he got the ball it was like all you got to do is go down and score this time because the saints are going three and out every single time they get the ball so like all you got to right. do is get one score man and you're up 7 to 6 and he could not do it and that's why his frustration was over just and off the and charts over and over again so like that that's one of my favorite games because it's almost funnier that it the is. Saints it, the it, Saints were so bad offensively and they still won. It, the it makes, makes it won, more insulting that to Tom Brady is what it is.
1: If the Saints had won 30 to nothing, I don't think Brady throws the pad, the 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 iPad or the tablet. I don't think he motherfuckers the Saints on the sideline. Like that's why he lost he lost his shit because yeah. it was winnable. And he couldn't score a freaking point. If the Saints had dump trucked him like they did last year, he'd have just been like, eh, we dump trucked him. I was terrible. We'll get him next week. But like you said, all they needed was one drive to win I the game. I feel like we got, the, we
0: got the holy grail of like gifts and, and screenshots from <laughs> this game. It's just like the, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in, in, in Brady's face, the iPad, the MF in the coach on the sideline, so like just- There were so many moments in this game that were just pure
1: joy. By the way, amazing. uh, Another reason to become a patron is Thomas makes us custom gifts for the Discord. And believe you me, we got him on a special project after this Tampa game (laughs) for special gifts. He's talking, Uh, him and Dave are having a meeting today about a a t shirt. I won't drink anything. We'll see what they come up with. I'm just saying, become a patron. We got amazing things in this show. So, guys, thanks for joining us. And oh, by the way, don't forget, join us for Spotify Green Room Wednesday night. We only have three weeks of it left in the regular season. We previewed the Saints Dolphins game. You can talk to us, we have fun. It's great. Uh, download the Spotify Green Room app, follow Saints Happy Hour to get their alert. We'll be there Wednesday, nine o'clock. Guys, thanks for joining us. Support the show. If you don't want to support the show, become a patron. And we will see you again tomorrow.